I'm now going to read the passage about the um, first Easter Sunday morning from Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. And if, if Eli would like to find it in his Bible, it's an easy number. It's one, two, three, zero. There's one, two, three, zero. Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, one to 12. Very early on the first day of the week, the women came to the tomb where Jesus' body was laid. They brought the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance of the tomb. They went in, but they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, two men in shining clothes suddenly stood beside them. The women were very afraid. They bowed their heads to the ground. The men said to the women, Why are you looking for a living person here? This is a place for the dead. Jesus is not here. He has risen from death. Do you remember what he said in Galilee? He said that the Son of Man must be given to evil men, be killed on a cross and rise from death on the third day. Then the women remembered what Jesus had said. The women left the tomb and told all these things to the eleven apostles and the other followers. These women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and some other women. The women told the apostles everything that had happened at the tomb, but they did not believe the women. It sounded like nonsense. So Peter got up and ran to the tomb. He looked in, but he saw only the cloth that Jesus' body had been wrapped in. Peter went away to be alone, wondering about what had happened. Now, Alice is going to bring us a message. He's risen! It's really blessed this morning because we've got our son and daughter-in-law to be staying with us this weekend and they never go to church and they never show, it, show any signs of wanting to know about Jesus or anything. And I came down this morning and Christina was in the kitchen and she said, he is risen. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Today, we're going to be looking at dipping into four Gospels. There are four Gospels, and because it's such an awesome story, they all cover that story, the story of Easter morning. And we're going to be picking out four words, four words to um, give us something to think about as we um, move through Easter and into the following week. And the first word is stoop. Now, can anyone tell me what stoop means? It's quite an old-fashioned word, isn't it? Christopher, sit on the chair a minute. <laughs> <laughs> can anyone tell me what stoop means? Eli, you like, got any idea on stoop? As in S-T-O-O-T? Yes. <laughs> so what are you doing? You are bowing. Christopher, could you give us a stoop, a bow? No. 
Okay, well that's do it from the waist, okay? So everyone can see. That's it. Okay. We're going to look at the words do. Now, Eli, could you write in big letters, there's some pens over there, the word stoop over there? Over here, over there. There you go. Now, you see me? Come on, pens over there. And I'm sure if you don't like how to spell it, somebody will know how <clears throat> Big letters, so you fill the board up. Now back to mum. Or dad, acid, excellent. So if you were listening to the reading this morning, which I'm sure you were, the word stoop came up, and it was actually the word bow that was written in the, this particular Bible. Physically, the disciples stooped to look for Jesus. Physically, Mary stooped to look for Jesus. They had to stoop to be able to see into the tomb. You couldn't get into it standing up. You had to, you had to, very good. Stoop, well done. Would you like to stand up on there? And I'm going to ask you to do the next word in a minute, okay? But rest easy for a moment. Thank you. They had to stoop to see into the tomb. Who might we stoop or bow to today? The king. The king. That's absolutely right. Anybody else? Can anybody think of anyone else that they might bow to? Anybody that you respect, you might show a bow or a curtsy to, might you? Know? Parents. Parents. Oh, I long for the day. <laughs> <laughs> to stoop is to show homage, to show that you were aware that you were in the presence of someone more important than you. When we come to find Jesus, we need to recognise that Jesus is the King of Kings. We're going to sing a song in a minute and we're going to learn it in sign language and we go, King, King of Kings. So we have there. On that first Easter morning, Christ rose from the dead. He conquered death just for you and just for me. No one else has conquered death. No one else has risen from the dead. No one else offers us salvation. Have we forgotten how to stoop? How to humble ourselves before God? Have we forgotten how small we are and just how great Jesus is, the Son of God? We sing a great song at um, when we go into assemblies um, and we sang it at their church service, Easter service, um, just the other week. And it's Our God is a Great Big God. We sang it at Messy Church as well, didn't we? And it's just a great reminder of just how big God is, just how small we are, isn't it? If you need reminding how awesome God is, just take a look through some of the names given to God. El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. El Elyon, the Most High God. 
Adonai, Lord, Master. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Elohim, God, Judge, Creator. Omnipotent, God, All-Powerful. In Psalm 148, verse 13, we read, Let them all praise the name of the Lord, for his name is very great. His glory towers over the earth and heaven. It is Jesus that is the greatest teacher, and he shows us, he demonstrates us how to stoop. As he humbled himself, he gave up his godliness and became a human. <coughs> Psalm 90, verse 4. Just think for a moment, God can make things happen in the blink of an eye. God can make things happen in the blink of an eye. But, I love a but, but like a father who walks at his child's pace so that they can journey together, so does Jesus. He stooped down to earth and he humbled himself. If Jesus stooped down to earth, how much more should we approach God, stooped and humbled? In James 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honour. Elah, our second word. Our second word is fear. Think up to the words of the You must have taken more with you. Then you're ready. <laughs> fear? All right with the word fear? Matthew 28, verses 4, 5, and 8. The guards shook with fear. The angel said, Don't be afraid. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened. Thank you very much. Like to add it up there? In Mark 16, verses 5 and 8, the women were shocked. What's the page? Still looks like that. The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered. In Luke 24, verse 5, the women were terrified and bowed, stooped with their faces to the ground. To fear in this instance is to have a recognition of just who we are and who God is in his full awesomeness. We need to recognise who God is. And yes, we should be fearful. Deuteronomy 10, 17 says, For the Lord your God is the God of gods and Lord of lords. He is the great God, the mighty and awesome God. This Easter morning, what is the best verse to remind us of the power and the awesomeness of God? I would put top of the list, John 3, verse 16. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. I dare to suggest that if we meditate on that verse alone, we will soon come to a new revelation of just how awesome God is and how small we are. So we stoop and we fear. And our third word, a bit bigger, remember. Okay? Here you go. Remember. Luke 24, verse 8, the angel said to the women, remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Deuteronomy 8, verse 2, remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for those 40 days. Verse 15, do not forget that he led you. Verse 18, remember the Lord your God. I wonder if we can guess how many times the word, the mention of remembering comes in the Bible. Anybody got any guesses as to how many, yeah? Over 600. Over 600, right. Anyone else? Yeah. A thousand? Any more bids? Eight hundred. Eight hundred. Five hundred. Five thousand. Whoa, right out there. Okay, I'll tell you. And I didn't count them, I must admit. I did Google it. Eight thousand six hundred and seventy times. What do I say to stargazers when things are repeated in the Bible passage? Any thoughts? What do I say? It must be important. Yes, it must be important. If, if we've read a passage and we spot that something has been mentioned one, two, three, four times, then we know that it's a real emphasis on that, isn't it? It's really important. So how important do you think God thought it was when he put the amount of remembering in the Bible as 8,670? Very important. And I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> because God knows how important it is for us to remember all that he does for us in the good times and in the bad times. When we remember God's work in the past, it will lead us to praise and rejoice and to hope for the future. We are made in God's image and God always remembers. Memory is such a gift to us and a great treasure. We all know that we go through different seasons in our lives and God knows that too. To remember God's goodness to us when we are journeying in a wilderness season is to have hope and the knowledge that we will get through it. At the foot of the cross here, there's all sorts of things that we can use to help 
remind us of what Jesus did while he was on his on on, on earth with us? Is there anything that anybody can point out as a reminder of what Jesus told us or did for us at the foot of the cross? Sorry? He died. He died on the cross. That's right. We have got actually crosses here that's fallen over. Yes? Anything else? Yeah? He chose fishermen, but he also said for us to be fish this connect. Absolutely. That blue knitted thing there is meant to be a fish. <laughs> anything anything else here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Keeping communication with God, the Father, yes, absolutely. Yes, Jan. I am the light of the world. Absolutely. He also, he also said, go out into the world. Spread the word, didn't he? Make disciples. Feed my sheep. Look at that little sheep there. Absolutely. And then we've got the white cloth. That was in, in the tomb because it wasn't needed anymore because Jesus had risen from the tomb. As we celebrate Holy Communion shortly, we read in Luke 22, verse 19, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. So today, we stoop, we fear, we remember, and we, Eli, we worship. Thank you. Doing a great job. We worship. Matthew 28, verse 9. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Psalm 100, verse 2. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, singing with joy. On this most wonderful day, when we are celebrating Jesus risen, when we can celebrate coming together as church family, it's easy to worship. The other week we were considering, we started to consider in stargazers what the different aspects that we have in a church service, what they actually mean, and we were considering worship, what it actually means, and um, we decided that it was coming into the presence of God and recognising his awesomeness, recognising his greatness, and wanting to Give him praise and worship. So it's easy to worship when we're in church together. But God calls us to worship him every day. To worship him in all seasons, recognising that God is in control. So this Easter morning, let us stoop. Let us fear. Let us remember and let us worship, but not just in Easter morning, not just every Sunday, but every day of our lives 
a conscious decision to grow in Christ from this moment on. Amen.